This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. All right. What's up, everybody? I hope you enjoyed worship. I hope you're enjoying Hopeland worship. Um, We're going to jump into the word here. Excited about this series. Um, So let's do this. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right into Nehemiah chapter 1. Okay, so go ahead and turn your Bibles now. Give you some time to do that. Nehemiah 1, we'll start in verse 1. We're going to read verse 1 to verse 4. And uh, we're going to jump into the word today. Father, we thank you today for your word. We pray that, Lord, you change us. God, speak to us. Lord, give us revelation. God, transform our mind. Lord, transform our soul. Do a deep work inside of all of us. We invite you to do as you will. We surrender to your word today in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that we're gonna leave different than how we came because of your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Here we go. Nehemiah chapter one, verse one to four. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, it came to pass in the month of Chislev in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, then Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Verse 3, and they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there, they're there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. Verse four. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Look at somebody today and tell them, change your world. Come on, if you got anybody else around you, say it to yourself. Say, change your world. Here we go. So this is, this is 20 years, okay? I'm gonna give you a little history here and we're gonna jump right into this. Nehemiah was about to change his world, okay? Change it, powerfully change it. And it didn't take forever. And he took steps towards doing it. And God provided, gave him favor. Read the rest of Nehemiah, it's amazing. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go into this, but just to give a little historical context here. So this is around 450, 465, 424 BC. Okay, so we're talking about a few hundred years, a little less than a handful, a hundred years before Jesus, right? So, so um, Ezra came, 20 years prior to this, Ezra came out of uh, where he was in captivity to build the temple, which they did. They built the altar, they built the temple, they cleansed the community. Here it is 20 years later, and um, he gets a bad report, okay? He gets a bad report. Um so here's Nehemiah, and, and, and just so you can understand where he was, okay? He, they would call, in, in history, historical context, they call him uh, the children of captivity, meaning um, the assumption is that he was literally raised in captivity. That's, that's what he knew. Now, he was raised as a Jewish man, and he was a follower of God. He was, he was God's people, of God's people, okay? So, I mean, uh, Jerusalem was... I mean, those are his people. He said that his brethren came. So he is of the commonwealth of Israel. 
okay? But came up in captivity. He's in an extreme level of influence and wealth and prestige in the Persian Empire. He's a cupbearer. Those are the dudes that would drink what was presented to the king, and he would drink it first just in case there was any poison in it. Highly trusted, heavily um, influential, and very wealthy. Okay, he had a lot of power. So here's a Jewish man in a pagan world in a, in a seat of authority, okay? Somebody say, change your world. I'm telling you right now, um, influence and, and wealth are not a bad thing. Am I, am I right? It's not evil, right? Influence is not evil. We can see in scripture how God used people of God in places of worldly influence for good. Joseph is an example. Daniel is an example. And here's another one, Nehemiah, where they had influence in a world that was not where they were from. It was not the context of their private life but they came into a, a worldly system, if you will. God elevated them in a place of wealth and influence and they used the platform to change their world, to advance God's initiative and God's plan. This is so powerful, okay? This is so powerful. I love this. So he, he's a cupbearer, okay? High-ranking official, all right? His name, just to give you a little context of Nehemiah, his name means Yah comforts or Yahweh comforts or the Lord comforts, all right? And this is during what they would call the second temple period, okay? All right, so, so there you go. So here's Nehemiah, man, homeboy, is living large and in charge, right? He's got it going on, but he hears about something that's not good with his people. And I love this, and here it is. My first point is this. It's a question. What breaks your heart? Okay, this broke his heart. He heard two things. God's people are in distress and reproach and the city is torn down and the gates are burned down. So it's broken down, burned down, and the people are in shame and um, reproach, shame, distress, and in a place of disgrace. So he's, he's doing just fine, but he hears about his people are not doing good. Okay, that word distress literally means bad. So it's bad, all right? It is not a good situation. And the question is, what breaks your heart? That is an indicator of what you're called to change, okay? If, if my heart doesn't break for it, I'm not gonna change it, all right? That's just how God made us. That, and here it is, there ought to be something that bothers you, something out there that troubles you. There's probably a lot that do, but I'm talking about something a little more specific, okay? That there's, this was very specific. It was a specific location. It was a specific people. It was a specific time and place. And that bothered this man, okay? And I love how he asked about two things. We as Christ followers, we as the church, me as a pastor, I feel the responsible with, responsibility with two things. Two things. Number one, the condition of people and where they are. That's what he asked. How are, how are my people doing, right? The condition of their soul. How are they doing? And how is Jerusalem? The second thing, Jerusalem, the environment they were in. We as the church, we as Christ followers are not only called to be concerned with the soul of a person 
and the condition of where they will be in eternity. Yes, absolutely. But we also must be concerned and burdened by the environment they are living in. The environment they live in matters. It mattered to Nehemiah that, that about them and where they were. What's their, this was a literal environment. He was talking about the city. He was, he cared about them, but he cared about where they were living. And we're called to do both. We as a church are committed to both. We understand that changing our world just isn't preaching the gospel and salvation through Christ. It is what are we doing to help change the environment people are living in? All right, we're gonna find an environment that needs some help and we're gonna help. We're gonna find a place where there's a lack of resources and we're gonna provide them. That, 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 that is who we are. We understand that changing our world just isn't spiritual. It is also natural and practical. Come on, somebody. Somebody say amen. So there it is, folks. My first point, I want you to take this home with you. I want you to carry that with you. God, what breaks my heart? What is it? It's not everything. It's not everybody. It's not everywhere, but it's somebody and it's something and it's somewhere. All right. All right. We don't have to, we don't have to care and carry a burden for everything and every environment. But my question is, what specifically breaks your heart? So the distress of God's people and the environment they, they were in broke um, Nehemiah's heart. Okay, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. Change doesn't start with all the problems in the world. I got to go fix everything. No, um, God will put something in you that breaks your heart, your heart specifically. Okay, look, I came from a very rough childhood. It was, there was a lot of turmoil. Those of you that know me know my story. Um, if you don't know my story, you will because I do talk about it a lot. It's where I come from. It's the reality of my childhood. And as a result of that, um, I have a heart for people that are in that struggle with, with things. I just have a heart for people that are in some type of struggle because I understand um, the struggle of coming up in an environment where I was sexually abused and involved in drugs and alcohol as a child. And so those, and just uh, police over the house a lot, domestic disputes, um, you know, having to navigate um, my little sister going through court cases as a child and just the, um, her, you know, having social workers. The only reason I didn't personally involve myself in the court cases nor have a social worker was because I denied, as a child, I denied that it happened to me, the, the abuse. My sister was just more open about it and I didn't even tell people till I was saved in my late teens, um, what really happened to me as a child. So, um, so that, you know, I, coming from that, um, those situations break my heart. I, I do, I do indeed, I haven't been in, I have been endeared and, um, drawn to, um, people throughout my, even my walk with God and ministering to them with, that come from rougher and rough environments. I'm not saying I don't love and care for those that don't. Uh, my wife was saved as a five-year-old by her dad. So I obviously was attracted to her. <laughs> but, but as far as my calling, there's just, I just really have a heart and a love. And I am drawn to, and I believe have somewhat of a grace to minister and speak to those that may come from something that's relative to my upbringing. Okay, so the question, back to the question. 
what breaks your heart, all right? Um, what breaks your heart? And so here it is. Let's get specific here, can we? Um, see, you can't um, and will not change what doesn't bother you. And so we have to, I think, get rid of a Messiah complex in a sense, like that we gotta, that we're just gonna absorb every ill in the world and try to fix it or be burdened and troubled by it. Um, that is unhealthy. Uh, but I'm telling you, there is something specific that God wants to burden you with. Not burden to trouble you to the point where you're unhealthy, but no burden you because you carry those people or that environment in your heart, all right? Um, and so uh, sometimes I think too, is people get paralyzed by all of the craziness in this world. And it's almost like, why do anything, right? Because there's too much to do, right? And so I would say, do for one what you wish you could do for all. You know, there, there's something very specific about what God has called you to do. It, it, it's, you know, and if you look at this, at this even this, this narrative in Nehemiah, is, it was very specific. It was a specific time a specific people, a specific even geographic location that he was burdened by. You know he was burdened by it because he wept for many days and he took it to God in prayer. Okay, let's look at this other verse here. Let's look at Mark chapter six. Let's look at Jesus. Mark chapter six, verse 34, okay? And, and so as you're turning there, I just wanna say this as well. As many times, I think people have genuine hearts and they genuinely wanna change something, but sometimes that could almost be turned into anxiety because they're almost like, <gasps> they like inhale every single problem in this world and they're like, how do I fix that, right? And it's like, that anxiety will paralyze you. But if you go to God, like Nehemiah did, about something specific that burdens you, anxiety will paralyze, but exactness will mobilize. I'm not called to solve every problem, even as a pastor, right? We, even as a church, we're not gonna solve every problem, but I'm gonna tell you right now, we're gonna do something. <laughs> somebody's getting blessed. Somebody is gonna, somebody's getting scholarship money this year. Not everybody. Man, I wish we could have every student that graduated from Mendez High School, that Hopeland Church was able to give every student $20,000 that has been you know, accepted or, or and, is, and has gotten approval for some sort of university, college, whatever. But uh, you know what? Praise God. Maybe one day. But now, somebody is. And actually, praise the Lord. People have been given to it. So actually, now it's going to be two students. We're going to be able to give two students um, a little chunk of change as they, as they transition out of high school this year into college. Praise the Lord. All glory to God. Okay? Look at Anxiety will paralyze. But exactness. Get exact about what you're burdened for and what breaks your heart. And, and you will mobilize. Here we go. Mark chapter six, verse 34. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. Okay, now Jesus died for the world. But in this moment, as a man, he's walking the earth. He sees actual people. And he was, the Bible says, he said, he saw a great multitude. Okay, and he was moved with compassion for who? For them, for them right there. The people he saw right there. Those people in his world, in that moment, time, place, specific, it was exact. It was those people he was moved with compassion with because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them 
many things. What? He moved, mobilized, mobilized. It was exact. He had a burden for them. He's like, I'm going to teach him. He, he had a burden for them. Nehemiah had a burden. It was it told the state of his people and the state of the environment that, that was God's land and, and the, the place of his heritage. And he's like, man, I'm going to change something. So he went into prayer. Jesus, it says, he saw them, them, these real people. And he was moved. So he started to teach them. All right. Here it is. This, this, this is, this is, this is good stuff here. Come on. What breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? Here's my second point. Take the burden to God. Okay. Now I know there's two types of burdens kind of, right? There's a burden that is from the devil, the burden of addiction, the burden of the world, the burden of insecurity, the burden of sin, those kind of burdens we give to God. Like that's like deliverance. Those aren't good burdens, right? But there's a good burden. There's a good kind of burden. And Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. My yoke, my yoke is easy. My burden is light, right? And th- there's a burden that we carry other people and we take it. Nehemiah was burdened and he broke and he cried and he wept and he fasted and he prayed. He took the burden to God, okay? And this is another thing. Well-meaning hearts have a heart for people, want to change this world, want to change their world. And they try to do it all in their self in their own flesh, in their own ability. And I'm here to tell you right now, if you don't take that burden to God, it's, it's, gonna, it's not gonna work out according to God's plan. Can I get an amen? Nehemiah did some stuff. He put feet up on it. He, he, he took action. God provided. He got influence. He was able to go to the city. He looked around. He surveyed the land. And, and homeboy built that wall in 52 days. So he did something, but I'm telling you right now, step number one, you got to take that to God. What what breaks your heart? Take it to God. What breaks your heart? Pray for those people. What breaks your heart? That environment, that 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 institution, that that sector, that people group, that ethnicity of people, that geographic location, that neighborhood. I don't know what it is that's breaking your heart. I'm saying take that burden to God. All right, all right. If you don't have a burden, and this is where Jesus was, okay? And I'm gonna say this, this is where Jesus was. And he saw, and he had a burden. And he moved, he's taught them, okay? And so here it is. If you don't have a burden, it starts with a burden. If you don't have a burden for where you are and who you are with, you know, you'll dip out when it gets hard. Can I get an amen, somebody? Um, And Nehemiah would have not built that wall if he did not have a burden. Because they could have come back and said all that, and he'd be like, man, that's jacked up, man. Man, I'm not trying to go over there, right? I'm not trying to go into a burned down city with a bunch of distressed people. But his burden drove him. And so I'm here to tell you right now, some people could be well-intentioned. But if you ain't got a burden for people, you ain't going to stick it out. If you, ain't, if you don't have a burden for where you are and what you're called to do, when it get, it's going to get hard. It got hard. It got, you read Nehemiah, it got hard. Read Ezra, it got hard. Ezra stayed. Nehemiah stayed. And, and stuff happened, right? So once again, take the burden to God. Take your burden to God. Nehemiah uh, chapter 1, verse 4. We're just going to go back there real quick. Nehemiah 1, 4. Uh, so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. Somebody say, Burden. Look at somebody and say, get a burden. 
right? He, he heard these words. He's like, whoa, hold up, pause, right? He's like, this ain't right. Something ain't right. I'm bothered. This bothers me, burdens me. He, his personal life was, I mean, he's, he's living it up, man. I mean, he's doing his thing, but he was still bothered, right? It, um, as Christ followers, God's blessed you. He's, he's, you know, praise the Lord. But I, we, we get off, we get out of, can I say this? We get out of the will of God when God has blessed us and we're not bothered by nothing outside of that blessing. When that's the point of the blessing, that's the purpose of the blessing on your life is yes to provide for you and your family. Yes to do what you're called to do. Yes to like, you know, enjoy life. But that's it, that's not the end. That's just, that's the beginning. That's the, that's just the, the platform, right? Let's not get comfortable in the blessing. Let's not fall asleep in the blessing. Let's be bothered by something that ain't where we are and what we have, right? So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept, all right, and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven, all right? So they, I, I said this before, but I just want to kind of go through my notes here. There are burdens that Christ delivers us from, and there are burdens God actually puts on us, okay? Now, burden meaning, I know it's the same word, and you got to be careful how you define it, because Jesus has delivered us from the burdens, right? He is my yoke destroyer. He's my burden bearer. Come on. Uh, but there is a concern we have for somebody, and that is a burden, okay? Um, here it is. The good kind of burden is, is when we carry people in and on our heart, okay? Uh, this type of burden God gives, God gives us is, is a deep love and care for specific people. Without prayer, we won't adequately or effectively shoulder it, right? And so you see, he had a legit burden, obviously. But if he wouldn't go to prayer, I'm telling you, the homeboy, the homie, Nehemiah would have found himself in some mental, some mental problems, some emotional problems. I'm telling you, because the burden is that real. It's that troubling, and we gotta take it to prayer. All right, come on, somebody. There, there, there is specificity to your assignment, okay? There is specificity. And I, and I shared this before, just kind of my childhood and how I know that's what I lean towards. I, I love, I mean, even just, um, in, I love um, all this past year during, the, during COVID, all of, I, pretty much, I taught in the Teen Challenge Ministry Institute. I love that environment. I love that environment. I love to hear the stories of what people have come out of. And, and to some degree, I can understand, I can feel, I can feel um, where they're at. I can feel their, their pain, all right? I can feel it. I can feel it. Um, uh, and, um, and here's another thing. It, it's, it's, it's what breaks your heart, you know? And also, in what way has God been good to you? You know, what? that's another question. And if God's been good to me, I want to be good to others right? in this area. I'll, I'll give you just an example of this. 
I, as a, even as a child, I have gotten so much love and acceptance. And, and I'm talking from childhood on. Love, acceptance, friendships in so many different seasons of my life from those outside my ethnicity. I'm talking my whole life. It's just the way my life has turned out. It, there's always been something, a relationship from um, elementary school um, um, through my skateboard career, my connection um, with people in the church world has been um, a lot of uh, people in the Asian community, um, even from childhood and my church experience in, in an environment I was in uh, was um, a lot of Hispanics and blacks, my mentors, my pastors. I mean, it, it goes on and on. And so um, I have a high value for unity, for racial reconciliation and diversity um, because I have gotten nothing but love, have gotten and received nothing from love from those communities. Um, it's change. It's, it's who I am. Like I, I'm like, it's just, it, it's part of the burden God has put on my life. All right. Um, so here we go. Here we go. Let's go to John chapter four. Okay. Just got a couple more verses and, and we're going to close here in a moment. But John chapter four, verse 35. Okay. Here we go. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Okay. This is after he ministered to the, to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus. Okay. He busted through all kind of social, um, societal boundaries there. Okay. And he's, he's correlating it to harvest. And look, look, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. And they are already white for harvest. Okay. So this is the thing. God's like, and, and, and then he saw also the, the, those people. And the Bible says he was moved compassion and began to um, teach them. So he, what he saw, he was moved. Okay. He was moved. Okay with compassion, all right? And so when you discover like your why, that that thing that breaks your heart, that thing that you're like, this is why I'm here. This is my reason to get out of bed in the morning. When you discover that, you'll start to see the responsibility involved. And this is why, because Jesus knows, hey, I, why does Jesus want us to look up at the harvest? And he's talking about people. He's talking about people. And he's saying, look at them. Because he knows if we look at them, we're responsible. What you see, you're responsible for. Where you specifically are and what you see. Because not everybody sees what you see and you don't see what others see. But what you see, you're responsible for. What bothers you, fix it. What, what pains you, heal it. Right? What, what, what troubles you, change it. Right? And he's saying, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look, look, look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. 
Okay. And, and so this is the thing is, is this is responsibility. This is burden. This is accountability. What you see, you're accountable for. And that's what, that's what Jesus did is he made, if you think about it, Nehemiah accountable. He, these guys came back and painted the picture. This is what's going on instantly. Burden, responsibility, and accountability. And Nehemiah had to get himself together. That's my last point. That's my last point. Get yourself together. Get yourself together. Uh, when we when we see the, the the thing, the problem, we will then start thinking, what do I need to get in order, God, so I can actually do something to change what I see. All right? So let's go back up. Number one, what breaks your heart? Come on, ask somebody that. What breaks your heart? Number two, take the burden to God. And number three, the last one is get yourself together. All right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Here it is. I'm going to read one more verse. Okay? One more verse. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Here we go. And I'm just going to read verse 28. Paul, Paul talks about all this stuff he's going through. And I want to leave you with this. He's talking about everything he goes through as a, as a spiritual leader. And he says, verse 28, besides the other things, what comes upon me, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. God wants to give you somebody to carry in your heart that you would have a deep concern for their eternity and for the environment they're in. So Father, right now, I pray that you just stir people up in what they're called to do. I pray that their heart would break for what breaks yours. And I thank you, Lord, that as they take that into prayer, God, you're gonna use them and grace them to literally change the world they are in. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. My prayer is that you will change your world as a result of what you listen to today. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And remember to follow us on social media. Peace.